When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Thanks for hanging out. It's a road show on this Tuesday. Hail Varsity Radio presented by Currency for all your equipment. Financing needs go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We're down here at Rosie's. Uh, we invite you down 10th and P, just south of the Embassy Suites. You know Rosie's. I'm staring at, well, quite a few beer sites. They have a selection for you. They've got bourbon for you. Whatever it's going to take for you to get through Nebraska, Michigan State. Tonight is a tip-off at 8. So come celebrate. Enjoy this win streak. Enjoy a potential fifth in a row for Fred and company as Coach Izzo and Sparty come to town. They're, they're not real happy based on what happened in Iowa City. Does Nebraska have enough juice to send these, well, program-changing seniors potentially out the right way? Numbers to get in today on Hale Varsity, 489-1240. 489-1240. We got the crew all here to talk some hoops of course uh, elijah to my right connor clark he is actually this looks freaky it looks like he's some in, in some independent film no he's just <laughs> off to our right uh with the stage lighting and then will wilson's like is this thing over so i can get downtown will wilson back in our kfor studios will a big husker head and loves big red basketball grew up with it connor clark you've uh, had your share of calling games connor is upright after his 21st birthday at 4.07 Central Standard Time. That is impressive. Elijah, you're 21st. Uh, I assume you uh, got after it, and, and you were back the next day. Yes, I was. I, I was not. <laughs> so my, uh, I didn't my, have to work anywhere, thankfully. My 21st was on a Friday, so you better believe I stayed up till midnight on that Thursday Did you hit the diner? I, I did not. I did okay. not. Well, the problem was, was I did have a 9 a.m., which I did not miss the next day. So I made it to my 9 a.m. on Friday. Uh, maybe it was 9.30. I can't quite remember. Uh, but that was uh, after spending night on Thursday night because I knew that COVID, the, the pandemic, was hitting the country and that the bars were probably going to be closing soon. And uh, after one week of being 21, all the bars in Lincoln closed. Ooh, so I got, my, I got my one weekend, and then uh, <laughs> I was stuck inside for the next couple of months working. But, hey, I, I got my one weekend in, and uh, now we're, I guess, somewhat back to normal. Well, I'm going to get uh, Connor a, a shot here <laughs> from our friends here at Rosie's uh, I, I, Dealer Chooses. So uh, that, that's okay. That's all right with me. It, it won't hurt. Will, do you have a suggestion? You're a you're an incredible bartender as well as radio man. What do we give Connor here from us to him with love? I, I think we uh, we put some hair on his chest, give him some wild turkey. What do you think of that idea? 
<laughs> we'll go with the McConaughey turkey. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Uh, he's getting the willies already. Guys, let's talk Nebraska basketball. We'll dive into the latest on Dylan Riola. And don't scream at me. I know it's probably day two of Riola watch. Well, longer than that. But really good uh, sit down by on threes national guy with Dylan Riola on just where his head is at. Uh, news in the Big Ten when it comes to scheduling and what is happening after the conference meetings. And uh, we'll dive in also to year one expectations. Good mailbag with our friend Mitch Sherman in The Athletic. Mitch with us in about 15 minutes. Uh, The uh, mother of all Michigan State insiders, Jack Ebling. He is a six-time sportscaster and writer of the year award winner. Jack Ebling around 540 to get us primed for Nebraska-Michigan State. But you're invited down here to Rosie's 10th and P food and drink specials, your headquarters for state basketball as a girls' action starts tomorrow. A week from tomorrow, boys' action gets underway. And uh, locally here, KFOR is all over it. Guys, how are we feeling? We're going to go around the table. Uh, this is not uh, a, a drinking game, Connor. Uh, we're just going to see where we're at as uh, Sparty comes in with a four-and-a-half-point uh, check next to their name. They are favored. Nebraska's embraced this underdog role. They've not taken a back seat or been scared of anybody. But Nebraska, I think the fan base has had this progression, guys, and you can nod yes or shake your head no, but you go from – Okay, uh, hoping that you're going to win. Going to, well, maybe we can win this game. To, you know what, I I think we can win this game. To, dude, we're going to win this ball game. I mean, it's been a progression like that. I think for the fan base, a month ago, you're surprised when they got a win. You were happy that they played well. You're like, well, maybe they'll get over the hump. And then the injuries happen, and you're like writing them off. We're all writing them off. Both hands were writing Nebraska basketball off, and somebody forgot to tell the team. I don't expect them to win tonight. I think the the party stops tonight just because of how good Michigan State is on top of what they're feeling right now. Sparty is angry. They're ticked off at the Big Ten for punting the – the, the, the Minnesota game, they don't have a real clear shot at winning 20 games anymore. That's a baseline standard for Michigan State. They are going to look to take out an incredible collapse on somebody tonight. And I just don't know, based on the athleticism difference, that Nebraska can, can keep up. They may surprise me. I may be eating crow. Happy to do it tomorrow. But I just think Michigan State may have too much. They're too good. I think Nebraska will give them hell. But I just think Sparty finds a way to bounce back. That's my initial take on the situation. Now, what what the um, the X factor here is the good folks wearing red and white in the stands at PBA coming down to Rosie's before tip-off. It will help provide energy and will this team to a fifth straight. But Nebraska's progressed to the point where they believe Ted Lasso signs, slap it as you walk out. Uh, you hit the uh, the horseshoe or you slam the sign, play like a champion today, whatever. Nebraska believes they can win any ball game. I love that confidence in this team, and that can help propel them. Well, in the, the wise words of Geno Smith, everyone wrote off this Husker basketball team, but they didn't write back. It's as simple <laughs> as that. They, they kept on coming for more. They kept on sticking with the process, and 
Schmitty, I don't mean to call you out here, but I think you might be a little bit biased with that pick with, you know, the, the wife and son both being <laughs> They don't Izzo like fans. me and I don't like them. It's okay. There's no bias. We tolerate yeah, each other. Well, I, I just don't think that uh, that they would let you pick against Sparty here. So uh, all I'll say <laughs> with this team, I, I don't have a – Izzo's going to have my wife removed about three minutes after the ball game ends because she's going to be stalking him. I don't have a, a great – confident pick on if Nebraska wins this game tonight. Uh, you're right with the X factor being the fans, but I'll just say with the way this Husker basketball team plays right now, with the way they lock in defensively, with the way that everyone uh, from the starters to the bench all follow that, that same mantra of what this Husker basketball team is about, I don't think this game is a game where Michigan State should be favored by four and a half. This feels like a pick game to me. Uh, Pinnacle Bank Arena has been where dreams go to die in the Big Ten this year. Everyone struggles at Pinnacle Bank Arena, and I don't think it's going to be any different with Sparty tonight. The question is, is which team to me, that's the question to me, I should say, is which team is going to be making more plays down the stretch of this game? Recently, it's been guys like Sam Hoiberg, Sam Griesel, Casey Tomonaga, Derek Walker stepping up and making plays down the stretch for Nebraska. I do think Michigan State on paper has the talent advantage. The question is, are they going to be able to use that talent to make more plays down the stretch against uh, a rockin' home crowd, a team that is playing, knowing it's senior night, knowing that they're trying to make the fans proud, knowing that they're trying to end the seniors' careers in the right way. That, that's a big X factor to me. It's just who makes more plays down the stretch, because I think this thing is going to be close throughout. I agree. I think that this is going to be a game from start to finish that it's going to be the type of game where you're going to be standing the entire time. I mean, Just I, that type of energy is going to be in the building tonight. And you mentioned it. You know, good teams have come to PBA. They have not played very well mm-hmm. against this Husker team. And that's partially because of the environment, but it's also because of the execution down the stretch from Fred Hoiberg and his squad. I honestly, I think Nebraska gets it done tonight. I think they have too much momentum going into this game. The crowd's going to be all over Sparty tonight. And now, obviously, Sparty's going to be you know, pissed off because of the way things ended in Iowa City over the weekend. But you you always know it's going to be a tough test when Tom Izzo's on the other sideline, obviously. He's one of the greatest coaches in the sport. But the way that we've seen this team progress, this is a buzz around Nebraska ball that we haven't seen for a very, very long time. 2017-2018. And, that, and that's a question that I wanted to ask all of you guys, especially you, Will, since, you know, you've been kind of the, the Husker basketball junkie here for the longest of us. I mean, when... This is the most meaningful game since when? And, you know, I think you could go back a a pretty good handful of years. You say 2017, 18. You can maybe even go before that, too. So I think Nebraska gets it done, and especially since because it's senior night as well, there's just going to be that extra emotion added into this game. And plus, this is meaningful basketball, too. You kind of have to win this game if you want to get into a postseason tournament. Well, the thing about that 2017-18 squad, if you remember, was they did play in meaningful games like this. The difference was they just didn't win very many No, they, they, they lost by five. They lost by three. They could have beat Kansas. They didn't. Mm-hmm. And, and that, was, that was your difference. Uh, Will, uh, let's jog the memory a minute. I mean, the, the, the biggest game in Nebraska – basketball history at least in the pba era was was no sit sunday i mean it's the most the biggest game in our lifetimes the yeah, three it, of us, it, connor it, will and myself right your your guys is i mean there's there's a handful of kansas games missouri games oklahoma state games during the knee era where they'd come in one with number number one number two number three on their chest and 
Danny would have the gang uh, ready to go, and they and they'd chalk him. ABC, Dick Vitale would be there. I mean, there well, were some magic the, moments. There was that Texas game when Texas came in. They were, Durant. They, they, they were number two in the country at the time, and uh, the number one team, I can't remember who it was at the time, had lost. That was a big game for Nebraska basketball, but that also wasn't a Nebraska basketball team that anyone was expecting to make the tournament. It was getting towards the tail end of the Big 12 slate that year. Postseason didn't I think really they went NIT that, that year, and then they got drilled by 40 by Wichita State. I think, right. I, think, I think you are right. I think you are right, but like that game didn't have the kind of meaning behind it that this game has that it's really you know what if, if you lose this game it changes the whole complexion of your season that might be a little bit dramatic uh, with Iowa still looming in the Big Ten tournament still looming but it ends that hot streak that you've been on with better opposition up, upcoming on your schedule than, than Michigan State and Iowa those teams are upcoming in the Big Ten tournament so in terms of where Nebraska's at in their season what's on the line in postseason this game is huge well what do you say here uh, biggest game since and uh, am I all wet, or am I onto something that the the magic could stop tonight? Yeah, you know, this game biggest since oh man, you got to probably go to that that Kansas game. I think mm. you, that you were talking about Schmitty, where Graham just went off, um, and that Russian or I don't remember how to say his last name who can the shot to kill us. Yeah, that Mikhail was Luke. Luke. Yeah. Thank you, Keith Mackay Luke. Thank you. That, that was the most rocking I've ever seen Pinnacle Bank Arena. Just as a side note, that game. It was a lot of fun. I'll tell you what, the hardest part about this job is you can't make everybody happy. And, uh, yeah, Schmitty, I see with what you're saying, man. I, I'm so scared about tonight. I think everybody's feeling good about what's been going on these past few weeks, and I'm afraid it's, it might end tonight. Well, it, it's, it's, to me, something I mentioned earlier, that senior Our friend right Animal factor. stopping by, making uh, a, a quick animal appearance. Right Gotta well, love Animal. Good to see you, brother. Coming right. That's right. <laughs> Take the points. <laughs> yes. Take the points. Four and a half. Four and a half. Go Greasel. Well, it, we it, love it. It, it is that senior night factor, though, tonight to me. It is, does Nebraska play their best basketball because of it, or are they tight because of it? They've been playing their best basketball because, at least from an outsider's perspective, you guys can correct me if, if you see it differently, they've been playing loose and they've been playing free, unafraid playing to make mistakes. confident. Yes, un, unafraid to make mistakes. Right. They're playing in a way that it feels like whenever they do go out there and take a chance, and I think of Sam Hoiberg's uh, defensive prowess down the stretch of games, he's going out there and taking chances, but he's doing it confidently. And, is that able to carry on in a, a big senior night type environment where you know, you know what, this is my last home game in front of the home fans. For Sam Greasel, you had one season of playing in front of the home fans, being the hometown hero that you always dreamed of being. Now you know it's coming to an end. Does that lead you to play your best basketball or does that lead you to play tight and play some of your worst basketball? Well, to Will's point, too, I mean, I totally understand. He's feeling a little bit nervous. I think if you're a Husker fan, you would be lying if you said you weren't feeling nervous at all going into this game. We've even talked about this going into the Maryland game. Well, yeah, don't set yourself up too much because you're probably going to get hurt. It didn't happen. Waiting for the chair to get right. pulled out, Exactly. Man. So I've, there's going to be obviously a lot of energy in PBA, but I think there's going to be a lot of nervous energy in PBA. Obviously, the team's been playing with a ton of confidence lately, but, you know, that fan base – the, the nerve will kick in if it hasn't already. I think you'd be lying if you're a Husker fan saying you aren't nervous for tonight. You better get to Rosie's here, 10th and P, calm them nerves before the gloves touch at 8 o'clock. We're not here at Rosie's Hail Varsity Roadshow. Again, your headquarters for state tournament basketball. Also Rosie's for girls action and boys next week. Uh, we want uh, to invite you down here. Have you not had a burger at Rosie's? Well, change that. It's uh, They're incredible. The onion rings are phenomenal. I had to, well, truth be told, stab Dolman in the leg with a knife to get the last three onion rings. But they were good. And uh, it was totally worth it. I patched him up. It was fine. Can we see that again later? Or no? Maybe. He, he may 
yeah. come in off the top ropes and be a surprise with a steel chair and and take me down for the the basket of onion rings. Well, but, it's just such a like the, it's the great food here, great service, but it's combined with a great environment it, for, for sports downtown. Like I was down here whenever the United States was playing in the World Cup against the Netherlands. They unfortunately lost that game, but it was packed in here. It's a great environment for sports. You're gonna have some of the best food you can get in downtown Lincoln. Rosie's downtown location is awesome. If you haven't been down here, if you're one of our Omaha listeners or someone from across the state, next time you're in town for a game, make sure to make a stop at Rosie's. It is just awesome down here. Love the crew, love the food, and I uh, love the environment. Connor Clark is uh, doing his best uh, fright show uh, with the, the red backdrop. <laughs> I like it. Elijah uh, Herbold to my right. Uh, Will Wilson back at our KFOR studios. Chris Schmidt as Mitch Sherman going to join us here from The Athletic in uh, just a touch. Uh, we'll talk with Mitch next segment. Jack Ebling, uh, part of the drive out of East Lansing, going to be with us. And uh, we'll get into some of Mitch's mailbag Thoughts on the Riola Tour over the weekend, Big Red Basketball. Husker Baseball, a big weekend in front of them coming off of the South Alabama Triumph. So we're there. can get your comments into us. We're streaming the show live here on the road at Rosie's. Uh, video is up. can watch the show. Comment on Hale Varsity's YouTube channel. You can also find us on the Hale Varsity radio handle as well on Twitter at HVarsity Radio KFOR. Radio, KFOR, Twitter, and uh, KFOR Sports. So that's the Facebook side of things. You can uh, get where you want to go and uh, interact that way. Uh, Brennan already uh, feeling it. Uh, Maybe it's a sign here, that red behind Connor. Bet red. (laughs) Connor looks like he is live from the tunnel. Uh, Back with you. We continue on. Rosie's downtown where we're at ahead of Nebraska, Michigan State with Hale Varsity Radio. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out, Hale Varsity Roadshow. Tuesday in front of Michigan State, Nebraska, down here at Rosie's, 10th and P. You are invited out. Food and drink specials you're going to love. Not too far from PBA. The weather is nice. There is no ice storm. That's a high five. And, of course, you're coming in for state basketball for girls action tomorrow. Rosie's a must-stop. Again, boys action next week will be posted up here between games I have uh, for state basketball. We welcome in a tremendous rider with the athletic and does an awesome job covering Nebraska. Mitch Sherman joins us at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, how are we doing? Thanks for the time. I'm good, but I'm hearing you twice. I'm hearing you once and then again about five seconds later. Otherwise, I'm all right. That is not fun. That's Uh, my bad. It should be good now. We're good. (laughs) Maybe you'll get this question twice. Uh, Mitch, let me ask you about uh, the weekend that's been for the Riolas. Let's start there. Your reaction to just what what ensued with uh, the the Nebraska fan base and their face-to-face with uh, Dylan Riola. 
Right. Surprise, surprise visit. Um, surprise to me on on Friday night that that the Royals landed in Omaha, and and then uh, I guess not so much of a surprise then to see them show up at, at Pinnacle Bank Arena. But yeah, that was uh, that was quite a scene, and you know it's something that can't really happen at any of the schools that are recruiting Rayola alongside Nebraska. For one, he's got the connection with his uncle, Donovan, that gets him in the door in Lincoln and allows him to have some small level of access to the program, even if it's just through one coach. Donovan, of course, has the um, rock-solid pre-existing relationship, no doubt about that one, with Dylan and his family. So no questions from a, a compliance standpoint about whether this is is legal for him to come in and, and, and spend time in, in Lincoln with his uncle during a dead period and then to get the opportunity to go to the game and, and um, be recognized in the way that he was, I don't think that that's something that, that would happen at any other place that's recruiting him. And I think Dylan recognized that on Saturday that, you know, no matter how Nebraska stacks up against Georgia and USC, and obviously it's in a different place with the development of its program, um, there are some things about Lincoln and about Nebraska that are unique and, and that stand above all of the other choices that he had. Mitch Sherman's with us here. It's Hale Varsity Radio as uh, we're down at Rosie's downtown Lincoln, ahead of Nebraska, Michigan State. And Mitch, whenever you look at this Ryola recruitment, he, he is a star in the city of Lincoln. I think that was proven at the Husker basketball game. I think that was proven following the game down in Canopy Street, taking selfies with fans. Uh, and it really seemed like he, he did enjoy that for the most part but do you think that that's a, a selling point for nebraska or do you think if you put yourself in the the shoes of a guy like dominic Ryle advising his son or, or just a 17 year old in general do you think that's still the same selling point that it appears to be from the outside the fact that you know what you're going to go there and be a star as opposed to going somewhere else and just be allowed to focus on football yeah it's a selling point i mean i understand kind of what you're getting at Elijah, and you know, you get down the road a couple of years, and and the, the expectations for Dylan Rayola would be sky high at Nebraska. And if he's not a Heisman finalist in his freshman year, there are going to be some people who are disappointed. That's just the nature of it. it he would be the highest rated, um, you know, if he stays in the position that he's in now, the highest rated signee in the history of Nebraska football. So, at some level, the expectations would be out of hand and and unrealistic. Um, you could, you know, you can only do so much um, as one player but at this stage of the process and I think all the way up until the point when when and after he makes his college decision you're not necessarily going to see the negative side of those incredible expectations and, you know while Dominic Rayola yes he understands that and he knows all about pressure and the environment and, and, and how it can you know, eat people alive to some degree, whether it's in the NFL or at Nebraska, you know, at all levels of, of big-time football. You know, I, that's certainly not something that he's accentuating and, and pointing out. Um, I, I wouldn't imagine with Dylan and, and Dayton, his, his other son, at this point as they go through the recruiting process. You know, I think when you're in his shoes, you expect to be great. And he, he's probably not thinking about the downside of what could happen as a result of of um, you know all that's going on now and the hype that that uh, is building. Mitch Sherman is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Mitch, obviously the scene at PBA was you know something unlike I'd ever seen before recruiting wise, and Nebraska still, as you said, going up against the Georgias, the USC's of the world. 
but how much of an advantage, if any, is that uncle connection with Dylan and his entire family? Because, again, as you said earlier, no other school could do what Nebraska could do this weekend, and it's just only pushing the envelope further for Dylan to experience Lincoln unlike any other recruit. That's a huge advantage. Um, Nebraska would, I think I can safely say that Nebraska wouldn't be in the picture for Dylan Rayola if he didn't have the family connection. If Dominic Rayola had played at, at USC or, or anywhere, you know, let's say he played at Hawaii and stayed home, and that wasn't a, an option for Dylan at this point either. It was just schools um, in, you know, that, that didn't involve anything having to do with his family past. Nebraska isn't in this thing. You know, Nebraska's not a program right now with six consecutive losing seasons that's put itself in position to compete for the number one ranked player or the number one ranked quarterback in the country. And, and you know, Matt Rule and his staff can recruit their butts off, and they're going to get some four-star players, and they're going to be in contention for some, for some great talent uh, without having connections like that. But the door opened for Dylan Rayola because of his dad's past and his uncle's present, undoubtedly. And it's up to these coaches now. They got a second chance because the, the, the staff a year ago at Nebraska didn't capitalize on that, on that advantage. And now Nebraska has a second chance with Matt Rule to do this right. And you know, it looks three months into Rule's time in Lincoln like they are doing everything right to put themselves in position to, to get his commitment. Mitch Sherman's with us here at Hale Varsity Radio. And, Mitch, I said whenever Donovan Raiola was brought on by Matt Rule, or I guess retained by Matt Rule, that it didn't have anything to do with Dylan Raiola. This is about the coaching acumen. And now with a couple months of hindsight, seeing what that recruitment has looked like, do you believe that, that the Dylan Raiola factor played into Matt Rule's decision, I guess Satterfield's decision as well, to keep Donovan Raiola around? Well, I think they would have looked at Donovan differently and, and, and seen him through a different – Lens, if he was he had no relation to the number one quarterback in the country. That said, I do, I, I do not believe that that was the reason he was retained. I, I think the Nebraska coaches, starting with Satterfield and then up the ladder to Rule, felt a connection to Donovan Rayola. Felt there was an opportunity for him to be the right coach for the Nebraska offensive lineman. You, you, you don't make that kind of a sacrifice and, and or or. Um, you, you know, you, you don't make a decision like that based on the possibility that you're going to be able to sign one player. Um, look, if he's if he and, and if he was not the guy, if he was not the right fit for Nebraska as an offensive line coach, you're opening yourselves up to all kinds of problems because you if you keep him for the wrong reasons and then it doesn't go right with the offensive line, even if you do get Dylan Raiola, um, you know. The, there's, there's all kinds of uncomfortable situations ahead. Nebraska doesn't want to be in a position where it has to make a change with its offensive line coach because it hired him for the wrong reasons one or two years into the career of this young quarterback. So, no, I, I, I think they, they, they legitimately um, and for all of the right reasons wanted to keep Donovan Raiola in charge of this Nebraska offensive line, that they felt a connection there, that they saw uh, – his upside and and benefits in the way that he has been taught to teach offensive line and and in, in a way that he can he can uh, mesh with Matt Rule's coaching staff. But all that said, um, you know, much much like 
the family connection opened a door for Dylan to be involved with Nebraska, I think the Riola name opened a door for Donovan to be con- to be given consideration to, to, to stay with this program. Okay. Couple more minutes. Mitch Sherman is with us uh, from the Athletic at Mitch Sherman. We're down here at Rosie's, 10th and P, ahead of Nebraska, Michigan State. Mitch, uh, when it comes to uh, Casey Thompson, what's your uh, gut tell you on expectations for him this spring? Is he going to be ahead of schedule to do more than just do mental reps? What are you hearing, or are you hearing anything? I mean, uh, as we turn towards fall here, uh, well, about 20 days away, or spring, excuse me, <laughs> spring 20 days away. Not quite fall yet. Yeah, I, I, think, <laughs> I think he's, uh, you know, I think we'll see him throw a football. Um, I, I think we'll see him do some light work, uh, maybe in the second half of the spring. But I don't think they're going to push it. You know, I don't think they're going to make this a, a, an all-out competition between Thompson and, and Jeff Sims. That can wait. You're not going to benefit necessarily from seeing those guys go head-to-head for a short period of time when 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 Casey is not 100%. So, you know, even if he feels good enough to do some of the drills that that Sims is able to do, I, I don't think Nebraska is going to uh, to push the envelope. The last thing that you want to do is 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 run him out there when when he's as old as he is and experienced as he is, and you know that he's going to catch on in a short period of time when he finally is 100%. The last thing you want to do is bring him back early and risk and risk additional injury. That's just it, it, the the um, the risk is it far outweighs the reward in that situation. So, um, I you know I do get the, the the sense that that Casey's coming along well, but I don't think we'll see a lot of him this spring, other than as you mentioned, mental reps and, and being around the team. Mitch, ninety seconds. This run Nebraska's been on. Does it end against Sparty tonight for basketball? I'm going to say no, um, and that's part of the reason I'm getting in my car and and driving down to. Uh, from Gretna to, to Lincoln here in about an hour to come watch this thing. I, I think, you know, they're on they're on a special run and, and playing at home with the advantage that they've got um, and being hyped up to see Tom Izzo and Michigan State on that other sideline and close this thing out in a, in a storybook kind of way. You know, I think that's going to be a pretty big advantage for Nebraska tonight. This isn't an overwhelming kind of Michigan State team, but, you know, still plenty good enough to, to beat anybody in the Big Ten and certainly Nebraska on, on any night but you know I think the storybook run continues and then we'll see where it goes from here as they venture away from home. Mitch has been the most confident among any of I, us about I, like Nebraska. Like, I, like I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Mitch says I love it. Mitch uh, good stuff as always with The Athletic. Thanks for your insight and hope the uh, the double talk got better in your year. Thanks for persevering bud. <laughs> Yep, no, no problems after the beginning. Hey, you asked for a prediction, so I gave you one. We'll see if, we'll see if it's accurate. Mitch, take care, bud. Thanks so much. All right, thanks, guys. There he is, uh, Mitch Sherman with The Athletic. At Mitch Sherman on Twitter. The pride of Fairbury is about to choke slam Connor. That might be illegal. Uh, <laughs> Bill Dolman shortly on Hale Varsity. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. We're going through a Tuesday edition here. It's Hale Varsity Radio as uh, Schmitty sits back down. Uh, you at the bar? Where were you? No, I was just talking <laughs> to our dear friend Animal. We're here at Rosie's, 10th and P. 
And uh, see, see that stare. This is Fran McCaffrey, Bill Dolman-esque. Right, see that stare going on? Sort of, see, I mean, it's... Connor's upset about the last paper that he turned into Bill from what I've been hearing over here. Connor got a C, thought he deserved an A, and Bill says that you had too many underscores in the paper. (laughs) Wow, that's no good. (laughs) Numbers to get in, 489-1240, Emails, always welcome to to send emails our way, chris at hailvarsity.com. So we're here today ahead of Nebraska-Michigan State. We're back here at Rosie's next week for state tournament coverage in action. State tournament coverage uh, begins tomorrow as well uh, with uh, some of our uh, affiliates, of course, in in Lincoln, which is great. Uh, So that is just a great time of year. You have the 20th of March when spring ball gets rocking and rolling. So it's uh, it's all good. Emails to get to. So this is Greg in Michigan. Oh, I love Greg in Michigan. Greg in Michigan's a longtime listener, and he is laying out what happens tonight to Nebraska basketball. Sparty is PO'd about Iowa. True. Yes. Uh, I went to the Michigan State-Nebraska game in Lansing. I think Sparty wins by 20. Whoa. Matchup at the uh, four positions going to be tough. Go Big Red, Greg in Michigan. So and he loves Nebraska. I, I, I do agree with him with what he has to say about the four position, though. If it's Oleg that's got to put in significant minutes tonight, Nebraska's at a severe Where's Keita at? He turned his ankle at the end that. of that Maryland He's, game. He will not play tonight. No? No. Is I, that no I Mr. Miyagi needle? I highly doubt is that. Is that Connor's inside sources, or is no, that that's public just information? Me. That's, that's time two and two together. Yeah. Key to drag himself he, off the he court. Will not put it, well, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm kind of with Connor here if we didn't see him the rest of the season just because of all the problems he had with his ankle. You turn it again. You say, you know what? Take a couple of months off. We'll get you back this summer. And your career is bigger than these couple yeah. of games trying to get us in the NIT. I do see that um, just with all the problems he's been having. But I don't have any inside information if he's going to be playing. If he is not playing and you have to go big, big with either Derek Walker and Wilhelm to try to match up or Derek Walker and Oleg, you're going to struggle. And if you you go small, I do think you're going to struggle against the size of this Michigan State lineup. So that is something to watch. If Nebraska's small lineup is having some issues defensively against Michigan State's offense, uh, I, I do see them trying to go big, big with either Oleg or Wilhelm. And I see Michigan State having a big advantage there. Well, I think Wilhelm, in order for Nebraska to have a lot of success tonight, Wilhelm's going to have to play obviously very quality minutes. And he did that against Minnesota. And you know, it's something that he struggled with, especially, you know, staying in ball games with the foul trouble, especially because he usually picks up, you know, two to three fouls in like the first five minutes he's in, in the game. But if he can put together quality minutes, we'll probably see Oleg in there a couple of minutes as well with no Kata. Um, but, you know, Sissoko, on the other hand, only played 20 minutes against Iowa, only at two points, only shot the ball one time. Now, Again, I didn't watch the entirety of that game. I watched the first half of it. But I think Sissoko, is, he obviously is a really good big in the Big Ten. But he's also a guy that I think Derek Walker can find his weak spots, especially at home, and take it to him. Because obviously we've seen Derek Walker go at some of the best bigs in the entire country and have large amounts of success. And what's encouraging, and you don't want this to happen, but it's encouraging the fact that Walker didn't have his best stuff against Minnesota, you still kept it essentially an eight-point game from wire to wire, and that was a big improvement from everybody else on the floor. But Walker's obviously going to have to show up tonight if Nebraska wants a chance at winning this thing. I think Sparty by 20 is a little aggressive, but the guard I think the guard matchups is where Nebraska will struggle more. Well, the home court advantage may be worth 20 for Nebraska alone. <laughs> well, the, the reality is, is outside of Walker, you didn't get much 
from Wiltshire in the first meeting. You didn't get much from Tominaga in the first meeting. You didn't get much from Bandamel or Gary in the first meeting. It was Walker and it was Greasel. It was a bad offensive performance. What happens tonight and what is, what's the, the new normal here for Nebraska? During this streak, you've been getting good glass work. You've been getting Kisei to score double digits and at most times 20 a night. You've been getting at least solid performances from Greasel. Maybe he's not gone off offensively, but more times than not, he's been pretty consistent 50%, and he's made some some smart shots and tough shots. Walker's been good. It's not always been perfect, but Walker, for the most part, is he hasn't always had to be the barometer. There's been other guys pitching in. Mm-hmm. You need Kisei tonight to go for 20. You need double digits from, from, from Wiltshire. You need another... 20 and 10 from Walker. I mean, that, that's just what it's going to take tonight. And they've been doing that, and it's been pretty awesome. But now they, they really have to do it because when you look at talent and size and speed and, and what Sparty wants to do in transition and how good they are from three-point land, I mean, it's going to take it's going to take a good offensive night, but it's still got to be Nebraska basketball that how they've won this year is winning 70 to 65 yep. or 65 to 60. Gotta make they, it ugly. They, they, they've got to ugly it up. It's got to be a little bit of a rock fight element tonight for Nebraska to handle it. And, Connor, that's what I want to get your take on. What's the number that you think Nebraska needs to hold Michigan State under in order to stand a chance tonight? Because I see the same as a – Yeah, that's what I was just I was just going to say a race to 65 maybe a race to 70. Whoever gets there first probably gets the win. But that was just what, like, what I had in mind. So I don't quite – no, because I just don't trust Nebraska's offense to go consistently put up 70 points. Well, so They've been good, I'm, I'm, but this is a different spot. I, I think team. there's going to be more strain in the Husker defense in the offense tonight, so I just want to get Connor's take. Well, yeah, I think 65 is a pretty accurate number to put to. If you hold Sparty underneath that number, I like your chances just because the way the offense has been playing, especially in PBA, especially the past month as well. I think you're going to see tonight from Nebraska a lot of that spread the floor action. Everybody get out, get Walker the ball at the top of the key, let him do his thing. Now, if he's in foul trouble, that'll change, obviously. But from the get-go, you're going to want Derek Walker to settle into this game rather quickly. So expect him to get the ball a lot in the early going. Expect Nebraska to run that action to the left and the right sides of the court where they set a stagger screen for Tominaga where he either has the option to come off the screen or he can hit a back cut with a Walker pass. You'll see a lot of that tonight, but I think Hoiberg's going to try and get uh, Derek in some space early on tonight to try and let him create because he's just been so good at doing that one-on-one against Biggs. Now Michigan State will adjust to that as the game goes on, obviously. Again, Tom Izzo's their head coach, but he's going to get the ball a lot. Casey Tomonaga, he'll get his. They're going to defend him very tightly, obviously, but if Nebraska holds Michigan State under 65, I think that's a pretty good number for Nebraska. Well, that'd be phenomenal after... Uh, this Michigan State team put up 100 in regulation against well, everybody Iowa. Everybody knows the hoops are bigger at Carver. Car- Car- <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get Will Wilson's take on this. Will, point point number, What what's the magic number for Nebraska scoring-wise, and who is the guy that, that's got to be it tonight? Is it Walker? Is it Greasel? Is it Tominaga? Who's got to be the, uh, the, uh, the MVP tonight? Yeah, I mean, you got to score. If there's a number... It, I honestly, I think it's like 80 points or something like that. I think it's going to be a high-scoring really? game. Um, I, I think there's a chance it goes to overtime, too. Uh, but with all everything you guys just said, Derek Walker cannot get in foul trouble. I mean, if he does, we are oh, screwed. Yep. Yes. 
That, that's huge. <laughs> <laughs> well, very blunt. Thank you for the edit. I know where the thought bubble was going. Well, he's not wrong. No, no he's not, not at all. But, but Walker tends to get or can get in foul trouble, and that's just how it is. We'll wind down this first hour as we invite you to Rosie's. What are your plans for Nebraska-Michigan State? Make Rosie's downtown part of your plans. 10th and P is where we're at. Hale Varsity continues, and we're presented by Currency. in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut pre-teen Swedish boy. Winded down this first hour, it's Hale Varsity presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, Will Wilson, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. Bill Dolman is uh, going to join us at 5, and then Jack Ebling will be with us at 540. He's covered Michigan State for decades. Jack, uh, an incredible uh, writer and uh, radio man, uh, six-time uh, State of Michigan National Broadcaster of the Year. So he'll be with us here in a little less than an hour. Uh, we beat up uh, Nebraska-Michigan State. What happens tonight, what our confidence level is, some Riola thoughts as well from our dear friend Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Numbers to get in at 489-1240. Keep the emails coming. We'll get to more of those. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. And can always stream the show. Do so uh, on the Hale Varsity Twitter handle at HVarsity Radio. Or watch the show with Hale Varsity's YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe to that. All the great content. KFOR Sports. Twitter and Facebook can also check the show out this way have we waned at all on the number of big 10 teams that get into the tournament are we still confident with eight are we still confident about purdue as a one seed where they slipped to a two my gut says because of the respect for the big 10 purdue assuming they don't lose out their next three uh they'll end up as that fourth one seed i think your big 12 champion i think your big 10 champion co or regular season We'll get a one seed, but they uh, they seem to be running out of gas right now. Now I say that they're going to flip it around <laughs> and uh, probably win the ten tournament <laughs> in in Chicago. I don't know. Uh, playing right now, uh, you have Nebraska playing about as well as anybody. Um, Northwestern's been been really strong. Iowa's going to try and make a final push. Sparty needs to get right, and uh, of course Indiana right now, man, they're. They're a moneymaker. Indiana's playing great ball. Their last loss, though, they got drilled pretty heavy by Michigan State. Pretty fascinating time to see who has enough gas to get to the finish line. Well, Jalen hood Shafino is making the money for Indiana. I mean, that dude has been unbelievable. And he's the big reason why they won against Purdue um, this past weekend. They they have a second scoring option outside Trace Jackson Davis. I mean, he is really making a great case for his draft stock. Um, As for tonight... You know, you mentioned Michigan State has to get right. Right now, they're seven seed in bracketology. That may change a little bit. Um, that was updated, though, um, this morning. So that was post-Iowa loss. So they're in the tournament. If they want to be comfortably in the tournament, obviously, they want to take care of business throughout the rest of the regular season and maybe win a couple or two games in the Big Ten tournament. Nebraska meeting for this game as well. 
They got to win if they want an NIT berth. I know a lot of people are talking about NCAA tournament, maybe. I'd pump the brake a little bit. I think you at least have to get to the Big Ten championship final, like at least, and then probably have to win that as well. well so let's they, pump they the brakes They got to win the whole bleeping thing. They yeah. got to go major league. I well, agree. Sorry. Qu- quickly here, I did see some Twitter discourse that people are saying, you know what? college basketball should do they should put your non-conference games first your warm-up games get into the big 10 slate and then leave like two weeks for the end of the year to go schedule yourself three or four other non-conference games against power five opponents to help out scheduling in the ncaa tournament because so many teams do change throughout the year nebraska is a completely different team than they were in the herd so the, the the bracket busters at the end of the year for teams that are on the bubble well i wish this nebraska team was in that tournament down in orlando right now because yeah. they probably do much better yeah <laughs> Hour two is on the way. Hail Varsity live at Rosie's downtown. We invite you down here, 10th and P. Hour two coming up. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hail Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. Thanks for hanging out at Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow Tuesday here at Rosie's. Rosie's Roadshow here till 6, but uh, guess what? The... Beer is being poured well after six to get you ready for Nebraska and Michigan State. Line is minus four and a half. Sparty is favored. Connor Clark is doing extra credit by staying off set. (laughs) (laughs) The pride of Fairbury is Bill Dolman. He is here. Elijah Herbal. Will Wilson here. We're gearing up. Great crowd down here at Rosie. Still some room for you. Can join us at 489-1240 or... 800-825-5865. 800-825-5865. Decent weather, a lot better weather than the last time we were here, and uh, it's going to be buzzing. Bill and Elijah, this buzz has been great, not that we've been working on since we got here. I'm kidding, of course. I'm talking about the buzz for Nebraska basketball, three seniors specifically. Uh, when you look at Walker, Greasel, and Bandemil that have really kind of flipped not only the Fred era, but, but year four of Fred era. And it's been uh, just a a crazy, long, strange trip, as one Bill Walton would say, with where Nebraska basketball started, the Creighton win, to where they're at right now, and just the the importance of this moment here to keep on trucking uh, for uh, a postseason berth. You know, it seems like Nebraska's gone through year four, five, and six of the Fred Hoiberg era this year alone. When you go back to the, you know, the... The, the speculation coming into the year, could they adjust? Could Hoiberg do what Trev Alberts challenged him to do? And I think for the most part, the non-conference season was reasonably okay, highlighted obviously by the kick in the Southern Hemisphere to Creighton, which I think we all enjoyed. Um, it, that was one of the high points, really, of the Hoiberg era, no question about that. But then you had some ugly losses, like you know, just every Nebraska basketball game that you may have seen for the last decade plus. You know, just get blown out on the road and not play well. The loss at St. John's was terrible, you know, in the non-conference. They, they've used that moment, though, to really handle pressure. They've learned they've yep. gotten better from it, but it was hurt at the time. Right, but th- this team, you know, you, you go through a good non-conference with the win over Creighton. I think you'd have to say it was good because of that win. And then you had such down moments in in 
uh, the early part of conference play. I remember we were talking if they could go 7-5 and five down the stretch, they probably get themselves in a position for a postseason bid, and then they have a not-so-good January. You've got the injuries to your two best players and two of the best defensive players in the Big Ten in the country, arguably. The two guys that Trev Alberts gave the black shirts to seemingly two years ago. It's been so long. But then they come back and Fred adjusts things, and they've been scoring 70 points per game with regularity now. And the chemistry is off the charts. And it's amazing to hear the buzz in town when people talk about this being a successful season and how much they've enjoyed it. And being at PBA and it's sold out. It's just really been remarkable how much this season has ebbed and flowed and peaked and valleyed and to come to a point where, yeah, they they may be one of the uh, a postseason team regardless of what happens in the Big Ten tournament. Now, Bill, whenever you look at that Fred Hoiberg impact this season, I think a month, a month and a half ago, a lot of people were ready to write off Fred Hoiberg as being the coach at Nebraska. Nobody thought that Fred Hoiberg was a bad coach, but it just seemed like a case of, you know, a good coach couldn't quite get it going at Nebraska. There's a lot of problems that Nebraska faces being a football school in the Big Ten, trying to go up against some basketball powers. But he's really turned that story, that narrative around here in the past couple weeks. So what do you make of the coaching job that Fred Hoiberg was able to pull off here in the month of January and February? I, you know, I can't put my finger on how it is they've gone from you know being a team that was averaging 63, 65 points per game to a team that's averaging 72, they're 75 making sh- points. They're making shots. It, it, yeah, that's and that's it. kind of what it comes down to when <laughs> – for so long we talk about it this team just cannot make shots for whatever reason but yeah maybe it's the same thing and yeah the shots just are falling you know and maybe it's uh, the momentum of the you know tomanaga having everybody excited and and making plays and it it is really remarkable i enjoy watching him play it's kind of like with tomanaga and this is really odd comparison people say i like watching offensive and defensive lines play in football I love watching Tomonaga play away from the ball. Yes. He moves so well. And maybe it's that three-on-three experience that he has with the Olympics and winning the gold medal and, and he was a star you know, in, in that style of basketball. But watching him move without the ball, the cuts that he makes to the baskets, how many layups does he get a game, right? That sets the tone for him yeah. where, he, where yeah. he gets the feel, he gets the finish, and then kind of moves out. And it, it makes and the shots. And he's a three-point guy for sure, but it, he's getting close looks or the mid-range. That's usually his first or second shot. I mean, occasionally he'll launch from three right out of the, right out the get-go, but he's he's kind of warming up with a touch and a finish at the rim, well, I, you, I think. If you guys get the chance, Nick Baugh did a great, great breakdown of why Casey Tomonaga has exploded over the past month just with the offensive sets that Fred Hoiberg is creating for him. I highly recommend you go check it out on Twitter. I believe it was... Uh, Nebraska on BTN, we put it out. You can probably check uh, Nick Baugh's Facebook page, or excuse me, Twitter page mm-hmm. as well. But a great, great breakdown. Friend on, on, yeah. on, yes, on just mm-hmm. what this Husker offense, what Fred Hoiberg is doing in order to get Casey these looks. And it's really just feeding a hot hand, then it kind of leads to the entire offense. If you got two guys on Casey, it's going to leave somebody open. But I think that in part is because he is so good without the basketball that it enables him to, to draw the X's and the O's, knowing that one of those X's moves well to get from A to B to C and to get that open shot. And it's amazing, you know, he's drawing the best defender on these Big Ten teams, you know, because they know they've got to find him either under the basket or they got to chase him to, the, you know, outside the arc. And who would have thought that Tolanaka would be the guy that uh, you've got to run a box and one for, you know, in Big Ten in Big Ten play this month? But he, and I, I, I don't think you can also understate what Sam Hoiberg has meant. 
because of the, his, his just all-out hustle. And, and, look, and side note, does he not look like Charlie Day? Uh, from it's always sunny, but anyway, or, and horrible bosses, you know. Uh, but I, I think Sam Hoiberg, whether it's like I gotta go and help Dad, you know, if anybody's gonna do it, it's gonna be me. You gotta lead on family. But he's that guy. He's that guy that provides a, a hustle spark. He's made some great instinctive defensive plays at the right times. The steal uh, was that against Maryland, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. arguably, the, arguably the play of the year, I think, for this team. But there are other guys like that resp- that respond. Greasel's kind of that all-out player. So now you got two of them, you know, defensively that are, that are all out diving and, and not afraid of the br- the floor bruise. Derek Walker's been terrific, and I think he's made himself a lot of money once his Nebraska career is done. I, I just think this has been such an one of the best months of Nebraska basketball uh, that we've seen since you know the whole no sit thing under the ten miles era, and if you want to go way way back in time to the run Nebraska made to win the NIT championship back in the 1990s, it's just the collective, the collective set of games at this time of the year has been just so enjoyable. Well, quickly to get back to your point about Sam Hoiberg. His journey this year has been incredible. You look back at the beginning of the year, it's the student section chanting Sam Hoiberg's name at the end of a, a blowout get so him to get him off the bench. He's like the fan favorite. And now you get to the end of the year, and it's this guy is a key returner for this Husker basketball team next season. You look at next year and you go, okay, defensively we might be all right. We have a, a, a guy that is an effort guy, a glue guy in Sam Hoiberg. And just his journey from the first game of the year to now the last home game of the year, that's been one of the most incredible stories for Oscar basketball this year, in my opinion. You want to get him out of the game at the end so he can get the applause from the fans for the appreciation as opposed yes. to let the kid get in and maybe get a shot off, right? Yeah. The yeah. thing with, with Sam, it, it's, it's gone beyond the, oh, isn't this cool? Feel or, good story, oh, yes. Sweet, let's, let's pat him on that. He has been a difference maker with the intensity he's brought, and it's translated from the practice floor where he's pissing his teammates off to getting in, in someone's hip pocket defensively and his anticipation, his basketball IQ. He's athletic. He's not a, he's not a scrub. He, I mean, he played really high-level basketball at Pius. He's a good player. You just didn't know if it'd translate to the Big Ten, but effort and intensity and intelligence always translates. He plays like a coach's son, doesn't he? He, he does. Uh, great motor. <laughs> Great motor, high energy glue guy. That Gritty. IQ, right? Gritty, we, high we IQ. Through all, I wonder if mom sat him down and said, look. <laughs> okay. This is what you're going to do. Let, let's let's kind of parlay Fred in year four, five, and six, like you're talking about, and what Matt Rule has waiting for him. And whoever's been brought into Nebraska football, aside from Bo Pelini, and really Tim Miles, too. I mean, Tim Miles, that, that, that first year, with what Craig Smith did on the recruiting trail, year two, they go 19 and 14 and go to the tournament as an 11 seed. But honestly, from a learning curve standpoint, it's been hit or miss with who's been hired, who's come in, and how do you win in the Big Ten? How do you win in football in the Big Ten? We could tell you, no one's listening. Uh, <laughs> how do you win in, 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 in Big Ten football? How do you win in Big Ten basketball? And guys that are accomplished coaches – have had their own idea how to do it. This is how I've done it. This is how we're going to win. We're going to score 95 points a ball game with space and pace, and it's going to be offense first, second, third, fourth, fifth. Maybe we'll box out and get a rebound, but it won't matter because, damn it, we're going to be so good from three-point land or, you know, special teams overrated, okay? Not a big deal, and then it's cost you 12 ball games during the Frost era. It just seems like you don't know it till you're in it. 
as good of a coach or as good of a background as you may have in offense, football, or basketball, you really do get punched in the face here in this league, and then you have well, to adapt. And, and sorry, not to step on your toes here, Bill, but that's even from the top coaches in the Big Ten that we see now. P.J. Fleck had an adjustment year. Jim Harbaugh had probably two adjustment years at Michigan where he kind of got accustomed to the Big Ten. The only example we've seen of a guy who didn't need the adjustment period is Ryan Day, and look what he had in the cupboard whenever he started out. I mean, he, he didn't step into the Big He's Ten. He was already a coordinator. Yeah. Yeah. But a Big Ten basketball, what does it really take to be – a winner. If you look at the Big Ten standings, and I don't have them in front of me right now, you have, and we've talked about it throughout the year, you've had Purdue. Indiana's gotten hot. Okay, mm-hmm. Purdue's fading just a Indiana, little bit. Indiana's gotten tough. But for the most part, Northwestern's had, you know, maybe the best year in its program's history. But for the most part, north of Minnesota and south of Northwestern in the top three, What's the real difference record-wise between those, what, 10 teams? I mean, Nebraska, yeah, is just above Northwestern and down there with Penn State. But to be honest with you, one you beat Purdue a couple of months ago or a month and a half ago, whatever it was, Nebraska's in the upper half. There's just everybody is 7-9 and nine or 9-7 nine and seven or 8-8 eight and eight in, in the league right now. So the margin of being a winning team in the Big Ten, is, in, in this year anyway, is, is pretty slim. And Nebraska, the way they've turned it around in February – had they played this way in, in and maybe got that win over Purdue, Nebraska's in the top five or six. For, for them to do it without their horses, right? And with a Tominaga that's a role guy and now has been an offensive star, to do it without uh, Bandamel or Gary that are that are stoppers, that, that really are that embodiment of your defense first philosophy, to, to now get a Sam Hoiberg, to get a Blaze Keita to step in, to get some decent minutes and, and still ride the Greasel Walker one-two punch. And then uh, you, you have a number of kids that, that get their roles, accept their roles, are happy, and they're all clicking. And then the, the, the journey of Wiltshire, you know. I mean, we always think of Walker as the barometer, and, and he, he is. But also, you know, it, it's, it's icing on the cake if you get a double-digit performance from Wiltshire. But that's been more of the story, uh, at least on the defensive end, and then he'll give you some offense. So it's been a, an ongoing transition for this basketball team that's been really fascinating. And Nebraska fans have responded. Yes. You know, and that's that's the amazing thing. And I was watching the game the other day, and it was the Minnesota game, and you're thinking this team is just, just over 500, and we're celebrating that, and justifiably so. But again... Where else in the country would you have teams celebrating and selling out for a team that is just over 500, right, and has given you highs and lows that are pretty dramatic this season, but Nebraska fans respond when you play hard and you give an effort, and they will respond in kind, and they will sell out the place, and they will enjoy a $10 beverage, and they will probably sell out the stadium to watch volleyball because they know the kind of effort that they will see. If you put on a bad show... And bad effort, they'll be disappointed. But if you if you give a good old Nebraska try, and I mean that culturally, mm-hmm. they're going to be there for you. They're, they're going to be three hours before tip-off packing a sports bar. It's eight blocks away from the stadium. Come on down to Rosie's here and, and see the environment. Husker fans just looking around you, they look excited. I don't think you can name another... 15 and 14 basketball program right. in the country that would have this many fans <laughs> this long before tip-off getting themselves all set for the home finale. But you hope... Okay, let's say that things don't go the way they have the last, what, five games for this team. 
I, I don't think that people are going to go, well, that was a nice run and we're done. I, I think people are still going to be behind this team when it goes into postseason play. If they, if they, kick, uh, if they kick Iowa south of, the, south of the border again, I mean, what a, what a great season this has been. Yeah. You know, but uh, people will be there supporting them. The thing about Michigan State, look, they're not – I don't think that they are going to be phased by, the, by what will happen at the arena tonight. They've got a coach that's got the right personality – and uh, they'll be able to withstand it. It'll be how much will this team help Nebraska not hurt Michigan well, State. And Bill, you brought up an interesting point that may have to be a talking point for uh, later in the week. I'll have to go dive into the stats. When was the last time that Husker football and Husker basketball went a season without losing to Iowa? It's been at least seven years. <laughs> I, I got to think back. Has it ever happened since Nebraska joined the Big Ten? 24. You, you, you have a chance this week. I don't really care. Did they sweep them? I don't care what happens uh, next week or in the, the finale at Iowa. They've already done it. It's a great year in my book. It is good. Bill Dolman here. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah and Bill Dolman at Bill Dolman. Connor Clark is... You made him sad. You took his headset, and he's sad over there. Well, he's, he's on the phone. I know. Give he, us a wave. What, who's he talking to? He's enjoying being 21. His bookie probably taking the points. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not by the river. Can you, can you mess, it, mess with it for me? We'll dive into uh, Bill Dolman's take on the Riola ceremony over the weekend. Jack Ebling with us at 540. We're down here at Rosie's. Come see us. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, Bill Dolman is here. Connor Clark off in the green room. We may give him uh, some earbuds and he can stream in. Jack Ebling, award-winning uh, sports commentator, and uh, Ryder for Michigan State with us at 540. Jack does a show in East Lansing that's syndicated across the state, The Drive. Jack's done work with Tom Izzo and, of course, uh, uh, all the uh, Spartan glory years with uh, their football run, uh, damn, almost 10 years ago when you look at D'Antonio and what uh, they were doing, winning Big Ten titles and winning in Columbus. So Jack will be with us. Here in about uh, 15 minutes. Numbers to get in, 489-1240, Can watch the show stream, Hale Varsity Radio, here at Rosie's on the road, Hale Varsity YouTube channel, the Hale Varsity Facebook. Make that Twitter handle at HVarsity Radios where you can follow and watch the show as well. So uh, we're talking uh, Nebraska basketball, Michigan State. More emails to get to Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Guys, let's get to spring football here for a moment. And things are going to shake out with the roster management, uh, guys fighting through injuries or, or being available available anyway. But uh, the, the, the showcase that was last weekend, Bill, for Dylan Riola, you've got the family connection. Ooh. Good. <laughs> the, uh, the the family connection with Donovan Raiola, of course, and Nebraska being in it. And the, the visit list is laid out. Uh, Dylan did an interview with On3. Georgia, the 18th and 19th of March. Nebraska, the weekend of the 25th. Still connection with Dan Lanning. There are daily communications between Lincoln Riley 
and USC. And then, oh, yeah, Colorado, Oregon, Miami, Michigan, Texas are uh, are about it. Uh, they are in the midst of it. There's some controversy around Deion Sanders as well, his appearance on the Rich Eisen show with uh, saying, look, my quarterback's got to be a 3-5 student. Uh, my quarterback's got to be from a two-parent household. I mean, so Dion pulled the pin on some things where there's a lot of kids in college football, no fault of their own, that come from a single-parent family or, or worse. And uh, Dion said, nope, my quarterback's got to be this. Well, he actually, it's he it's actually, not 6'5", 230, rocket arm. It's not he's got to have two parents at home. And this isn't even the first time he said this. This is one that like, got traction and has now garnered controversy. The first time he said it, it was broadly his entire offense. He wanted his entire offense to be 3.5 students, two-parent households. And, and the, the defenders, they need to be hungry. They need, he, they needs, need he needs single-parent uh, kids. On the, the defensive line. line. Yes. Because you got to go make money for mama. And I'm, and I'm paraphrasing, so I don't want to get, like, pinated here, but that's that's what he said. Like, he's, he's talking something deeper from a motivational standpoint. And I, I would also like to add that from hearing this both times he said it, I don't think he means this literally. I think this is Dion going out there being Dion, being a bit of a personality, saying something in a way that he thinks is going to garner some laughs. But the heart of what he's saying is, you know what? I want guys on my offensive end that are good students that, that can learn my offense. This is my preference. This is what I look for. And then defense, they want guys who are hungry. I don't think he means that literally like, oh, yeah, my defensive lineman, they have to come from one-parent household. Clearly, my my offensive guys need to come from two-parent households. But the way he said it, you're inviting controversy. He he doesn't care. He's Dion. I'm Prime, and he's yeah. he. It's about attention, and eventually, what can you do as a coach? And and I'm wondering if if Dion's a guy that's gonna wear out his welcome uh, in 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 a, and of all places, Boulder. If he's gonna just keep being abrasive, unless they go seven and five in year one. Well, they've I, they've, I they've broken the record. They've sold a record number of spring game tickets at. Nearly 30,000. 30, <laughs> oh, there's levels to this, isn't there? There, there, there is. But um, Matt Rule is clearly accelerating the recruiting game. Uh, Dylan Riola can, can pick where he wants to go. It comes down to fit and relationship. You covered uh, Dominic with, with me, and we know the, the bloodlines there are, are high level. Man, just pretty fascinating to see Nebraska fans go nuts for a legacy well like i said a couple of weeks ago on this show uh i think there are a lot of state holidays that are being enacted in the state of nebraska so that the royolas <laughs> can have as many family gatherings as possible uh to bring uh, the royolas up from the, uh, <laughs> we want to we want to go back to nebraska and celebrate the uh happy third wednesday of march uh with uncle uh, donovan it's dominic royola day and i'm telling i think Do- i think dominic will be on the letterhead of all nebraska state of nebraska um, uh, correspondence from here on out. Nebraska's done everything right and everything that they can possibly do from, from my vantage point and looking at the way they've been recruiting this kid. And if he says, you know what, this has been great, it's been a lot of fun, I got to throw the bones at a basketball game, but I'm going to take my talents to I think Nebraska's just got to say, look, he, he just had it in his heart to go someplace else. It's certainly been a lot better effort to try and get him this time around than the last coaching staff. I think that's pretty clear. He had no intentions of coming to Nebraska. Probably didn't even like Uncle Donovan that much. Uh, but now it's, it's, 
I think Nebraska has a legitimate shot. But, you know, in this landscape of college football, if you want to take a look at the front runners, Georgia, okay, everybody's saying this kid wants to get to the NFL. Okay, well, your dad knows how to get there. And if you want to look at track records, what has Georgia done to produce NFL quarterbacks? Matthew Stafford 15 years ago. Okay, since then... Who? Been, been, Jake from State Farm has did, didn't make it right. Been a lot of uh, been a lot of defensive linemen. Been a lot of linebackers. Right. But the, been a lot of tight ends. Been a lot of wideouts. Been a lot of running backs. Not a lot of quarterbacks. Right. So th- there's not a great track record of Georgia producing NFL quarterbacks, whether it be Mark Richt or Kirby Smart. Uh, go back to Eric Zier and um, uh, you know those days with Herschel Walker. So. If that's the case, then I don't think Georgia necessarily is head and shoulders above Nebraska. All right, now let's well, talk. Well, let's talk. Let's talk. Wait a minute. Let me, let me. USC. Okay. Yeah, Lincoln Riley's got a great track record of getting guys Heisman trophies and first and, picks overall. And first picks overall. But in this NIL era, okay, money talks, and in California, money walks right back into the pocket of the government. This kid, if he's going to go, <laughs> Bill Dolman with the tax. I'm, I'm take. just exactly. I mean, if this kid is going to command the kind of NIL money that everybody thinks he's going to get, he's going to learn a valuable lesson in economics in in this country because there's a 13 percent state income tax in the state of California, right? And if you're going to go to L.A., the cost of living in Los Angeles is significantly higher than it is in Lincoln, Nebraska. All right. What was it when uh, I think it was Eric Fisher was the number one pick in the NFL draft about 10 years ago and he went to the Chiefs, right? That is Central Michigan, the tackle. The number two pick, whose name escapes me, ended up getting drafted by a Florida team and made more money down there as the number two pick than the number one did because of taxation, okay? So if this kid's going to go to California and go to Los Angeles where it's $7 for a gallon of gas, all that NIL money that went into your pocket, somebody else's hand is already in it. But let's, let's, let's also You'll have remember, your own driver at USC. Let's not kid ourselves. I'm just saying. Let's remember, in America, if you're going to go be a star, you go to L.A., whether it be in sports, whether it be in movies, whether it be in music, you go become a star in L.A. That's a fact you got to consider here. But let's also think back to when Dylan decommitted from Ohio State. At the time, it was, well, they brought in a new quarterback, and Dylan didn't want to compete with Ohio State. We even had a comment on our YouTube video about that yesterday saying, well, he's, uh, he's obviously not going to go to USC because they're recruiting quarterbacks. The Ohio State did the same thing. As you look back now in hindsight, does it not make a little bit more sense that Ohio State saw that Nebraska brought in a head coach that wasn't named Scott Frost and they saw the writing on the wall? It's, it's clear. Dylan Raiola grew up as a Husker fan. He knows how to throw the bones. Just being able to do that as a recruit is something special. That's a lot of things or something that a lot of guys don't get until they get to Nebraska, especially with how the defense has been playing over the past decade or so. Throwing the bones isn't as well known as it used to be. He knows how to do that because he was a Husker fan growing up and I think Ohio State saw the writing on the wall and they said you know what Nebraska's going to make another push at Dylan Royal let's get some insurance let's go get Lincoln Keenholz out of South Dakota as our insurance option in case Dylan decides he's going to check out his other options because he does like Nebraska and you see now well Ohio State maybe doesn't even have an offer out to Dylan Raiola so I don't think it's about the other quarterbacks there I think this has always been about Nebraska dating back to when Matt Rule was hired and, and the question to me now is can Nebraska sell Dylan on the fact that 
these opportunities you're going to get at USC and Georgia, which is to go win a lot of games, get your name in the national spotlight, and eventually go be a first-round pick. Can you get me those same opportunities at Nebraska? If Nebraska can, can convince him that the answer is yes, I don't see Dylan going anywhere else. It's a simple question of beat him or join him. Okay, you come here, we'll be to the point where we'll be competitive. We'll have a chance to win some ball games. You win the job. It's on your shoulders offensively with talent around you to go do your job, do your part, and and beat some of the big dogs. Or you can join the big dogs, USC coming to the Big Ten. Or, uh, of course, uh, you look at what George is doing in the SEC, their SEC East, but you get the point, and we'll see if the uh, the divisions stay the way they are, SEC East, SEC West, and the uh, moving forward. And we're not done with uh, with earthquakes in the world of college football with who wants to join because the Pac-12's broke and has no TV offers <laughs> right now. I mean, you've got Washington and in, in, in uh, Oregon right now. We're like, uh, what are we doing? Uh, so, so there may be more, uh, more, more ship jumping here. Well, well there's some, some cracks forming in the ACC, too. With yeah, oh, yeah. Because That's you had, AC, you had Flor- right Florida State and Clemson uh, that, are, that are ticked off that, listen, we've been carrying your ass for a long time, and we're getting the same amount of money, uh, and, and we should be getting more, right? It shouldn't be, uh, shouldn't be uh, just everyone gets the same amount of dollars. That's what it's going to be. So, now, I don't know that you, if you're the SEC, you, you Say, okay, we're going to add you to and, and, and diminish what the rest of the league's getting. Well, you know, who's, I mean, ESPN is going to drive that, right? ESPN has the ACC contract. They've got the SEC contract. And if they want, uh, if, if they think, let's make this move with Florida State and Clemson to the SEC, it will happen. ESPN is going to drive that, going to drive that bus. And the Big Ten with Fox is going to figure out what to do with Probably Oregon, Oregon and probably Washington. Washington. And getting back to Rayola, I don't know what the kid's ego is like. It's got to be pretty high, which is fine. He's earned it. That's great. And he's, But, look, if you're in L.A. and you're going to be a star, there are a lot of stars out there. You're a star on Saturday until Sunday kicks off, right? Sure. And until, until LeBron ticks off, tips off, until Kawhi tips off, and then the Kings and all Costa, this stuff. Until Costner gets back on uh, Yellowstone. Right. And in Nebraska, you will be a star You'll 24-7 forever. Yep, that's a good take. No, absolutely. We're here at Rosie's tip-off, 8 o'clock, Nebraska, Michigan State, legendary uh, Michigan State insider Jack Ebling next to Tail Varsity, live at Rosie's, presented by Currency. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity. We're presented by Currency, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. Connor Clark has worked his way in at C underscore Clark underscore 27. Bill Dolman uh, just off to the right. Uh, we are efforting Jack Ebling and uh, see if he can join the show. Uh, we'll uh, see if that can happen. Numbers to get in. 489-1240, 489-1240. can always email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com, and uh, make sure you do check it out. And if you're hearing us uh, on some of our affiliates, 
1-800-636-1025. That's uh, the way to get in touch with us. You can watch the show, stream us, Hail Varsity YouTube, Hail Varsity Twitter, at HVarsity Radio is where you find the Twitter. And then uh, KFOR Sports, KFOR Facebook and Twitter, ways to find. So we'll find Jack Ebling. Allegedly. Uh, shortly. But uh, Met Jack in North Carolina, Sportscasters Award. He has won six. Uh, three for writing, three for radio, and uh, does an afternoon show uh, across the state and has for, forever covered uh, Michigan State. And uh, Will Wilson is efforting. We'll see if uh, we got him. Nope. Will Wilson's shaking his head. Well, no. I know that you're, you're, you've been trying to get him to adopt Junior so that you can get in-state <laughs> tuition at Michigan he got, State, he has, as I recall. He has a... Uh, also, just a... You know, lessen the load anyway. But anyway. Uh, yeah, right. He, he has an <laughs> offer anyway to be a, a, a team manager for Michigan State basketball. There you go. Now, I don't know if, if Jack ran this by Sparty or not, <laughs> but it sure as hell sounds good right now. No, so Izzo's going to be at practice, and uh, your son's going to show up and go, what, what, what are you doing here? Uh, what's funny is the last time we were here, I think this was 2019, uh, Sparty was in town, and Junior – had got called onto the court. He got down there early with, with my wife, Erin. So Sparty's trainers had Carson on the court, and he got Cassius Winston. Remember him? Yes. How could I forget? He, he got a selfie with Cassius. In, in, so Carson's loved Sparty since he's like five years old. So long and short of it is um, my wife's like, okay, you need to take me down to the floor. And I had my media pass. like, really, I'm not supposed to do this, <laughs> not even for you. So I got her down to the floor, and then she went total Costanza. Women, children, grandparents, just starts clearing everybody out. <laughs> like it's the episode where there's the fire. She just starts clearing everybody out, hops her way next to Izzo, and Izzo's eyes are like, who the hell is this crazy blonde? <laughs> Loading up for a, uh, a selfie. And she got it. She had her Michigan State sweatshirt on, and... She's a pretty blonde, and this is like, am I going to get shipped? You know, he's kind of talking through his Kind of like the way you were at the chapel, but anyway. A little bit. <laughs> we're all going to get shipped at one point. It's just whether or not our wife does it. Uh, but, no, we'll uh, try and connect with Jack at another time. But, listen, uh, big ball game tonight. Uh, it goes without saying. I want to talk NFL here for a moment. And what do you believe? What would you do? We've talked Bears because you're a, you're a Bears fan. Uh, you have the controversy of, of the true height of, of, of Bryce Young. Dear God, he's only 5'10 and a half. Mm-hmm. Better move on from him. If you're Chicago, have you seen enough from Fields in a short window to stick with the style of, I mean, he's a big quarterback, he's been injured, but he's also talented. Like, they, they've used him, at least early on, to, to do what he does best, and that's use his feet. Can he live that way? I don't know. I mean, Lamar's been hurt a lot. These mobile quarterbacks eventually get squished in the, in, in the NFL. Do you package a deal and trade this first pick uh, if you're the Bears? And I ask that question because what could you go draft right now that's not a quarterback if you're Chicago, that you need, and I know you need a lot, but do you package it? Do you get rid of it? Or do you try and move on from Fields and keep that number one pick? I know I know you've done a lot of work in the NFL, Bill, with the Texans, and so you've been in that 
that neighborhood when, when they do have the first pick, and it's go get your quarterback, and it was it was David Carr. But he had nothing around him, right? No, I and know. Carr got and, killed because there was there was nobody to protect him. Where did he get sacked six, 75 times? You know, and, and his career was destroyed because they thought this is our guy, but they didn't, you know, they didn't give him anything. They, they gave him a, a knife at the gunfight. Right. And I kind of I, I wonder about that with fields. I, I'm not a, a Bears guy. I'm not a Bears hater, lover, whatever the case might be. But I don't think that they've adequately given him. Didn't have a running the back team, wide out right. of line. The, the fact that they're what, thir- three and 14? Yes. Is not on Justin Fields. No. It's on whatever they put around him that has not allowed him to even not even be the, to grow. He hasn't been able to grow into the job, let alone be a difference maker. And I think that it's really on the Bears. So if, if, if it may be best that they ship him off and package a deal where they get some more. Maybe they get three picks for that number Walker. one. Maybe just because they've got to get some people in place that are going to adequately protect whomever they put in that that quarterback role. But I, I don't think it, I don't think they've been fair to Justin Fields at all. He could go to another place, find a great situation, and he could flourish, and they will regret it for a long time. I don't think they'll get rid of Justin Fields. I think that the argument to, to trade him, this is the problem that I have with it. And you mentioned, can he make a living as a runner, right? And obviously there's design plays for him to run because he's just an athlete. He's a bigger quarterback, as you said, and he's got 4-4 four, four speed at that quarterback position. But half of it, he's just running for his life because he's got, as you said, nothing around him. He, right? said he had better players at Ohio State exactly. than he's had with the Bears. So, But that also brings me to this. This is why you keep him. Because look at the look at what he was able to do with that team, with that roster and the weapons around him. Running back was his best you know, position player with him in, in the backfield with David Montgomery. And granted, he's not a world beater, but he's a solid back. Khalil Herbert is also a solid back who's a backup. But when Chase Claypool is your number one receiver, and this is no disrespect to Chase Claypool. He's good, that, and he's a whack job. Yeah, that, that's that's when you know you have a problem offensively. And the fact that Justin Fields was I'll able to... I'll disrespect him. <laughs> thank you. I'll do it on my behalf. But the fact that Justin Fields was able to do what he did this season with the team that he was given, I think tells you all you need to know about what the Bears are going to do with him. I think they're going to keep him. They should keep him, in my opinion. They'll trade the first overall pick. They could draft basically anything that they want, offensive line, defensive line, secondary, even though it's young and they've What's showed the promising hall? signs. Can they get three first-rounders? I don't know if they could get three first-rounders, but they could certainly get two. Two first-rounders and, and third? Teams are built on second and thirds, though. No, I know. You know, But so, you, could, you could get two first-rounders and, and think about you know teams that need a quarterback that are also within that top ten range, right? A, a team, and again, I have to read more into this now because it's been a, about a month since I've really dove into this. But the team that I looked at, one of the first teams I looked at, was the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, obviously, they've been going through their quarterback carousel for, what, right. three, four years yeah, now. Yeah. What if you package that? And maybe if you're Ryan Poles, you do some master negotiating, try and get Michael Pittman Jr. along with that deal as well. He's a pretty good young wide receiver. Maybe get a couple of picks, maybe not as high as a couple of first-round picks. You get a first-rounder, maybe a couple of two, three um, in the in the second and third rounds. But, you know, that's just the scenario that I see the Bears taking it. I think they will take it. may not be with the Colts, but it'll be with some team of that nature. Winding down here from Rosie, still plenty of time. Get on down. Nebraska, Michigan State, Hale Varsity continues.
And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Big thanks for hanging out at Rosie's. The fun continues even though we're done at 6. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, the pride of Fairbury. Bill Dolman in, going to be back here on the second here during girls' state basketball, 4-6. to six. So come on by. Reminder to tell you about our friends here at Dyer Law. If you've been hurt in a personal injury accident, uh, you can count on Dyer Law, that team, to provide you with a helping hand you need no matter what you're dealing with. Call the Omaha Dyer Law team today at 1-888-DYER-LAW or visit Dyer dot law.com to chat with trusted professionals about your personal injury claim uh, reach out personal injury and the experts dire law the team that can provide you the help you want the help you need one eight 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 dire law give them a shout chris schmidt elijah herbolt connor clark bill dolman as uh, we're here and uh, presented by currency so i'm going to throw my Prediction out. We'll get Elijah's take as well from a score tonight. Sparty's favored by four and a half. Sparty wins tonight by seven. Uh, they get it handled uh, 77 to 70. They end Nebraska's streak, but good ball game. Great effort tonight by the Big Red. Do you have a prediction? I do, and I'm going to differ. I think it's going to be a tight ball game from start to finish. I think both teams will have their runs. At the end of the day, I think Nebraska ends up getting it done. Again, I'm, if you're a Husker fan, you say you're not nervous. I don't believe you. <laughs> but I think at the end of the day, Nebraska wins a close one at home to close out the home schedule. 72-68 to 68 is, is my score. 72-68. Bill Dolman, do you have a prediction? Pain. Thank you, Clever Lang. <laughs> Elijah, what's the score? What's your prediction, dude? Just shout. <laughs> I'll hop on headset briefly. Okay. Why not? What, what, I, I texted is, Connor, but uh, the text didn't come through in time. I have no idea what you guys have said, but I, I will said say... said 77-70 Michigan State. Oh, it's really close to mine, except I got 76-71 Nebraska. Okay. The magic rolls on for the Huskers tonight. It's senior I'll bet you night. all a stake in a beer. It's senior. I think the better discussion is if Nebraska wins tonight, and maybe I'll get you on that stake in a beer. I don't know yet. Uh, if Nebraska does win tonight... NCAA tournament chances. Do they go up? They got to win out, dude. They got to win in Chicago. They got to win the whole bleep. And Yo, I don't Chicago. think they have to win the whole thing. If they win out, they're the hottest team in the country. They just need two wins in Chicago. I think it's in tournament bound. If they beat Michigan State, if they beat Iowa, two wins in Chicago, I think it's into the tournament. Bill Dolman's not considering you taking a drug test, I think. <laughs> I'm wondering how many of those things he's thrown down he's since I've one. been sitting he's in this one. chair. Right. You have? Uh, uh, well, Nebraska wins it. I, I think it's the first time in history all five starters score over 30 points. Blaze Keita with 11 <laughs> off the bench. And Nebraska wins it 161-45. to 45. In an air cast, Blaze Keita off the bench for 11. Will Wilson, what do you say? I think we lose 83-80 to 80 in overtime. How about that? Oh. Who's we? Michigan State? Good. Uh, yeah, we'll go yeah. with that. Your yeah. dad would be so disappointed. Yeah, uh, that's pretty good. Reminder to get buckled up. Use your seatbelt. It saves lives. <laughs> it prevents injuries. Only if properly worn. A seatbelt uh, is uh, the way to go. You click it or ticket um, a message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Uh, we will high-five you for Morosi's. Come by, see us here till 6 for the show. But the fun continues afterwards as we get you ready for Nebraska Michigan State tip-off at 8 on BTN. Then we're back here March 2nd for state basketball. 
Uh, it is going to be on. Great time of year down in the capital city, not far from PBA. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Will Wilson. Thanks to Connor Clark. Big thanks to Elijah Herbal. Proud of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, Schmidt. Back at you tomorrow at 4.